So, uh, news just in. Minister Michael Masuta has approved uh, the parole application of uh, Ferdinand, uh, better known as Ferdi Barnard. And uh, this uh, was uh, today, uh, the 7th of March, uh, uh, rather, to, uh, yeah, the 7th of March. And of course, uh, if you uh, think back on who Ferdi Barnard was, uh, he, of course, was sentenced to life imprisonment on the 4th of June 1998 after being convicted on numerous charges, including murder, attempted murder, and defeating the ends of justice. He was the one who shot and killed Dr. David Webster at the behest of the apartheid police's security branch and uh, the CCB, it turned out later, had misinformed Barnard and told him that Dr. Webster, who was actually a pacifist, was involved in terrorist activities. So we are joined on the line now by uh, Minister of uh, Correctional Justice and Correctional Services Minister Michael Masuta uh, to uh, perhaps explain uh, this decision to us. Minister, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. Uh, thank you and greetings to all the listeners. So, Minister, uh, Mr. Ferdi Barnard has served uh, more than 20 years of that life sentence that was imposed in 1998. But if you can just explain to us uh, in terms of coming to your decision to grant parole, uh, what were some of the factors uh, that were weighed up? His uh, uh, placement was long overdue. Uh, it was delayed in part because there was a bit of confusion as to the consultation process that took place with the uh, victim or victims, in particular the um, partner of Dr. Uh, uh, of Dr. Webster, um, and um, I realized that um, to satisfy myself that. Uh, indeed, the uh, victim participation process that we follow had been correctly followed before I made my decision. I arranged a meeting um, on a Sunday afternoon with, uh, with her, and um, we had a, a fairly longish chat about it, and she assured me that um, she, in principle, did not have objections to his placement on had concerns which she uh, felt that um, the the department uh, could assist her in in, in with better how we are going to deal with those concerns and, and basically whether we knew what we were doing. Um, in particular she wanted to know if um, we have conducted a proper risk profile um, given the violent uh, 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 you know, circumstances under this offend where she is present um, and um, whether going forward um, her own uh, security um, has been uh, particularly into consideration. And it was only when um, we, um, you know, um, or I had, um, uh, you know, given her some some level of comfort in terms of explaining the process uh, under which um, persons are placed uh, under parole uh, and the system itself, uh, the checks and balances, that um, she, she was more at ease and uh, to support uh, the, 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 the parole uh, placement. 
And um, I think one actually expected uh, some of the comments that are coming through now, Minister. This one reads, so if you take a white life, you get parole. And that's from our SMS line. And I suppose it's a a drawing reference to the Chris Haney, Janusz Walusz case uh, in which parole has been denied on several occasions. And perhaps, Minister, you explained there your meeting with uh, Miss Maggie Friedman. But uh, uh, if you could perhaps just explain uh, to our listeners right now uh, what the difference was in arriving at these two different decisions uh, in these two cases? Well, you recall that um, the very first matter I dealt with when I took office was that of uh, Mr. Uh, Eugene de Cook, uh, who was serving a life sentence for uh, the killing of no less than five um, black people for which he had not received uh, amnesty from the TRC, but he had been involved in the killing of many more, for which he had received uh, amnesty. And my initial decision at the time was to refuse him parole on the grounds that, um, contrary to what was stated in the profile, there was doubt as to whether the victims victims' uh, families had been uh, properly engaged. And in similar vein, I convened a meeting of all the five families uh, who who were uh, family victims, who all confirmed that they had not been engaged. They only heard from the news that uh, his imminent placement on parole was about to take place. And it was only when our satisfied that that one last bit uh, had now been properly done and the victim's families had now been engaged, that had placed him on parole. And he had killed black people. Uh, he was dubbed uh, time evil and all sorts of um, uh, names. So the, the, the assertion that... Um, it's only when uh, you have destroyed black lives that you're not given parole. He, he is on parole, and he had killed black people. Um, so in this instance, the mere fact that um, uh, uh, Freddie Barnett killed um, a white um, political activist is neither here nor there. Uh, in fact, the very reason why his parole was delayed as long as it had, was precisely in order to um, secure a certain level of comfort uh, on the part of the of the victim. In this instance, uh, a, a white woman um, who who, uh, without having satisfied ourselves that she was comfortable with the victim consultation process we have decided we are not going to simply go ahead uh, and, 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 and release um, the gentleman on oh, so. mm. Minister, your statement also states that it is important to note that the parole placement for um, Mr. Ferdinand Barnard does not mean the end of his life sentence. Can you just explain that to us, please? Oh, yes, certainly. Um, <laughs> Correctional services does not have the authority to alter a sentence of a person. Um, the law says that if you have a determined sentence, 
you must, uh, uh, that is a, a sentence that specifies the number of years, then you must serve at least half of those years for you to qualify for consideration for placement on parole. If it's life, then after 20 years, uh, and of course if you're convicted after 2004, it becomes 25 years, so uh, that's coming up, uh, the first group will come up in 2029. But in this instance, it's 20 years, so uh, once you've completed 20 years, um, you then are entitled to be considered. Now, placement on parole simply means that you have the privilege of continuing to serve your sentence outside of a correctional facility or a prison, subject to certain conditions, uh, which are set according to your risk profile and often relaxed over time, depending on how you respond to uh, uh, being placed on parole. And just a final question, Minister, in uh, your response uh, to one of the questions you mentioned, the TRC. So those uh, 300 uh, dockets that were sent to the NPA uh, from uh, the, T- uh, not dockets, I should say, the cases that were referred to the NPA, what sort of progress is being made in that regard? This is one of the areas that I have discussed with uh, National Director of Public uh, Prosecutions, Advocate um, Batoy, and she's having a fresh look at the work um, that had been done, had been done um, hitherto relating to to all those matters um, and doing a, an assessment of what the approach should be. I mean, just indicate that one of the complicating factors is that um, uh, the the evidence that is required to support effective prosecution sometimes uh, depends on those who are part of the system uh, testifying, uh, sometimes against uh, their fellow um, security uh, forces uh, uh, members of the time. And uh, many of them uh, are very old, uh, some are dying off, and then probably will, will, will have to be dragged to court and so on. So we're going to have to look seriously at what other way are we going to get the truth out, where the truth is yet to be revealed, at least to um, closure. But it's because the government has delayed this process for over 20 years, Minister. And what about justice for the victims? That's the dilemma, is that um, which route do you go? Um, Do you insist on prosecution and go through the adverse task of trying to assemble evidence that uh, is almost like uh, crushing the surface with bare nails? Um, you find an alternative, some kind of a process time where you offer some kind of return to people uh, coming and telling the truth. That is the part uh, which I think has confronted uh, government uh, up to this point.
Minister, thanks for your time. We'll have to leave it there. Uh, That was uh, the Minister of Justice and Correctional Services, Minister Michael Masuta, on the line there.